0: When I was growing up, guitar magazines invariably had guys with big hair on the covers and guitar culture seemed aggressively male, to say the least. Fast forward to 2017, when a national survey of U.S. guitar buyers under 45, conducted by Fender, shows that 50% of all buyers of new guitars in the last five years have been female. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Saban, president of the independent record label, Kill Rock Stars support for the future of what comes from MerchTable. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, MerchTable partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit MerchTable.com to learn more and open a store today. Today we talk about the September 2017 article in She Shreds Magazine that unpacks the change in guitar buying demographics. And we also talk to Alicia Bagneno of the band Bully, who is featured in a recent Fender promo campaign. It's all coming up on The Future of What.
1: Can I have a taste of your ice cream? Can I lick the from your table? Can I interfere in your crisis? No mind your, no, mind your own business.
0: Support for The Future of What comes from SoundExchange. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Fabi Reina and Natalie Baker from She Shreds Magazine. Ladies, welcome to the future of what? Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. This article, Natalie, that you wrote in the September issue of She Shreds is so awesome. It's like <laughs> changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank L- you. Love it.
2: I feel like it's mine as well.
0: Yeah, has it? Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to tell us about that. The name of the article is We Are the 50% The Truth Behind the Supposed Decline of the Guitar, just in case people are looking for it online at sheshredsmag.com. So yeah, tell me how this has changed your life too, Fabi.
2: Well, I mean, I'm sure that I sort of talked about it a little bit when I was last on the show, but, you know, actually, Natalie was with She Shreds the first year and a half that it existed. so she was with me the first year that we went to nam in 2012 and sort of basically tried to convince the guitar industry that women played guitar period (laughs) and so at the time that we went in 2012 at literally, there were companies asking us, Are you sure women played guitar? Or they were like, But bo- but there are more boys that, that play. And they were like, And it was common to see these companies that kind of hire what they call booth babes to mm. go attract men to their booths. Yeah. You know, so that in itself said that they didn't see women as consumers, they didn't see them as, as possible buyers, you know? So the next. Four years or so that I, I go there every year and I continue to speak to these companies and I try to, to simply convince them that this is a, a big market, that we exist and that we are consumers and so they should value our opinions and our voices. And so when this article came out and we were lucky to sort of publicly break the news in a way, it brought up a lot of questions that not that not just we're asking about the guitar industry, but that they're asking themselves about their own companies, you know? And and they're kind of asking themselves, why haven't we been able to tap into this market? Why didn't we know about this market? Why does our demographic still say that our consumers are less than 7% female?
0: Right, absolutely. So, So to catch everybody up who's listening, if you haven't yet read the article, which I expect you to do immediately upon hearing this podcast, you talked to Evan Jones who was hired by Fender in 2015 as its chief marketing officer and Jones spearheaded this survey a national survey of US guitar buyers under age 45. And so Natalie do you want to tell us what did what did that survey show? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it basically found that guitar buyers in the U.S. who were under the age of, oh no, now I'm going to get it wrong. I think it was either 35 or 40, but basically half of the guitar buyer population, and specifically the youngest generation, are 50% women identified. Which is really big news for anyone who's been paying attention to the guitar culture in our country because the attitude has been that it's been like 10%. So this is really big.
0: Yeah. No, it's massive. It's so huge. And I love it. We're trying to get Evan Jones as well to talk on the show about this, because I think this is so fascinating that he instantly moved into this world at Fender and said, oh, well, guess what? Women are buying 50% of guitars. And then they started marketing towards women with their Offset series that they put out, which has like a couple different. Models.
1: Yeah, it's like a remake of a guitar that they did in what was it, Fabi? Like the eighties. It's like an affordable entry level, but like pretty cool, beautiful guitar.
2: Yeah, it was a sixties and seventies. It was popularized Ooh. for the student population. You know, kind of like young kids who wanted like a lower price point guitar. Right. And that that guitar was for them. And it and then it became popular with Nirvana and T.J. Harvey. You know, all of these different musicians. Right. And so now it's it's come back. And the whole, you know, it's the thing, the cool thing I think rolled around the offsets that they've done is that it's not necessarily a let's market this towards women, but they've included a lot of like top name guitarists and musicians like Warpaint and in their in their campaigns.
0: Right. That's the part that's so interesting that you, you report that they did four new ads and two of them had bands that have women playing guitar in them mm-hmm. just sort of as a matter of course and then you say that they found that the fastest selling guitar was one of the guitars that bullies guitar player Alicia plays yes in in the ads which is incredible. that's like oh look guys check it out <laughs> It actually works
1: I feel like they really did it right because I mean I think we can all think of examples where companies try and quote unquote market to women. And they just get it so wrong. And I think what was great about what Fender did is they're doing this right. they're They're not trying to market specifically to women in just in the way that it's just as bad to market specifically to men. right. They're marketing to people. And, yeah, yeah. and and I think that's sort of reflects Fender's attitude in general regarding the study that they did. Evan had said something really great, which was like, you know the younger generation doesn't think about gender the way that we do it's not about marketing to men or women it's about marketing to people you know some people would call it like a psychographic rather than a demographic
0: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i love that it's so exciting
2: i think it's also important to note that this information and this this sort of shift in like marketing mentality is coming from fender which is know one of the top biggest brands of the guitar industry and i think that it's definitely that like some some newer boutique companies like original fuzz and Earthquaker devices are doing this more inclusive marketing but the fact that this huge like corporation that is historically run and led by older white guys is doing this huge shift because they believe in this market is really impacting you know it says a lot and I think it will really impact the rest of the guitar industry to go that direction
0: absolutely and then you also point out that Ernie Ball had St. Vincent design a guitar and it's part of the same thing that we're talking about it's not the goal here is not to be like look it's a guitar for women designed by a woman it's like no this is just advertising it's just marketing it's marketing to everyone And these products are products for everyone, rather than going the party line, which has been like, oh, only men play guitars. So of course, only men are going to be interested in guitars.
2: Yeah. And like the biggest, I think like the biggest shocker to like everyone who looks into this is that those guitars and those marketing tactics are actually working and creating revenue and profits. And It's not necessarily like an investing for a good cause, which is great. You know, if you think of it that way, you should be thinking that you want to expand your customers and then do something good with your company, but it's also actually bringing in money, right? So, and I think that to me, that's important because the idea of anything being run, owned, or about women being for a cause is problematic, right? I mean... We want to be a part of the economy, and, and we are, and we should be looked at and valued in that same way.
0: Absolutely.
3: We are all pretending it is justice. We are mocking, but there is no justice on this earth. Only the reaper standing, laughing. We are all attempting to. What is most shocking? Denying that we never can be first. See the reaper, See the reaper? Standing, 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 laughing. We are all pretending that we are more than nothing. But we cannot hide away our shame. From the reaper, standing, laughing. There's a reaper, his name is and with his sickle, Keen. I was a go-between. What do you think your life is meaning? It comes as a coquine. It's time space. It comes meaning
4: beheading all men's dreams.
0: That was The Reaper Song by Witchy Poo. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Fabi Reina and Natalie Baker from She Shreds Magazine. I think it's so interesting that you have a little update on the website for this article where you said you asked Fender if there's a shift in marketing. That they'd seen a significant increase in numbers, including an increase in consumer diversity, profit, and socials. And you said that someone wrote you back and said that across the board, the numbers are significantly higher.
2: Totally. Yeah. And and I'm sure that if you get you know a response from them, they'll tell you a similar thing. But I think when it comes to that, and it's only been a year or two since they've sort of began this shift in this process, but it's already... It's already more or less about, you know, 25% increase in young people and just a more diverse demographic. And for
1: the record, completely makes sense to me. Like, I still can't believe that there's this idea in marketing of of marketing to a specific gender because when you do that, you're cutting out, like, literally 50% of your base. Yeah. And so it's such smart marketing to
2: just not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still sort of, like, walking this fine line of, like, Well, you know, for decades, these companies in this industry just straight up weren't thinking about women. When they thought of musicians, they just thought of, whether it was subconscious or conscious, they thought of men. They thought of older white men, you know? So I do think that more companies are going to, are having to Think about expanding and including those different demographics. So it's like while you're not necessarily wanting to market to one specific gender, you also have to think about those specific genders and make sure that you're including them in the conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so shocking. I'm so excited because, you know, I feel like when I was in my teens and twenties, it seemed like we were moving in that direction, like it was very exciting. We're like, oh yeah, we're gonna, women are gonna be equal in the world, and yet it like hasn't happened, hasn't happened, hasn't happened, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and now that we're starting to see this, this this really gives me hope. It makes me feel like you know the fruition of all my third wave feminist dreams are finally coming true, or second wave. I don't even know what I am. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know what age I am. But
2: anymore, yeah, it's
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, But, you know, I have to cite this because I read this the other day and it just really helped me understand like some of the persistence of sexism in our culture, which was I was born in 1971 and it wasn't until 1973, so I was two, when a woman could get a credit card in her own name in the United States without her husband's signature
1: right oh man yeah Can you believe it's that it's so true like we i think we i mean i can't speak for you as someone who's a, like a tiny bit younger i oh, have you're such a, lot a younger. short <laughs> 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 I, like i think i generally get the sense that we have a very like short term memory about gender stuff in this country i was writing a different article for bitch media about advertising and gender and one of the women that i interviewed talked about how big of a deal it was when this ad campaign came out and it showed a woman in like a pants, like wearing pants. Not <laughs> yeah. And that was like also in the last 30 years. It just totally blows your mind.
0: It does. It blows your mind. But it makes me so happy because I feel like we're finally actually starting to see some progress. And I think it's just been what we always needed it to be, which was that, you know, the whatever millennial generation or however these people are that they were quoted the 16 to 24 year old people, they just don't see gender the same way. They just think they look at you like you're crazy when you say, oh, well, you know, shouldn't women be like vacuuming in high heels and pearls and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not going out and getting a job in the workforce or whatever, not playing guitar.
2: I, you know, I also think that and and I think Natalie will be able to speak to this a little bit better, but something that we found during this whole sort of research while Natalie was conducting research for this article is that, you know, really the, the sources we have for conducting research in not just the guitar industry, but in the music industry are very are stuck in in the old ways still, you know, they look at things in a, in a different way. And so that's the only research that we can base things off of, you know, like Natalie, do you want to talk more about the research that we like or the lack of research that we found uh, as opposed to like what schools were telling us when it came to like women in in that percentage? Yeah, absolutely. When I
1: read the transcript of Fabi's interview with Evan My immediate thought was, okay, so Fender's got this groundbreaking survey. We have got to back up what they're finding with our own research. You know, we can't just go out there and report what they're saying because it's such a big deal that it needs to be verified. And so I immediately went to look at music trades because they're the industry go-to. And they had only one thing that even discussed gender, and it was a survey that they'd done about two years ago. They surveyed 1,000 people based on registration of warranties for new guitars that cost over $900 Mm. that were made by one of two manufacturers. And that's, A, it was 1,000 people, which is just way too small. Right. B, they literally only counted people who registered expensive guitars. And (laughs) (laughs) that's like, they cut out two-thirds of guitar buyers right there. And when you consider class, and how women aren't paid as much as men and you know a million other things it was just the most flawed survey and that was you know the industry leader on information regarding music That was all they had. And I called up the chief editor of Music Trades and I asked him if he had any data on gender related to guitar purchasers. And he didn't even really mention the survey. Like, that's how bad it was. He was like, we tried doing that once and, you know, the results were inconclusive. (laughs) And, I mean, I think that's a pretty good summary of how much effort has been put into researching the gender breakdown of guitar buying. Yeah, it was, like, totally absurd. And, you know, of course, I went out and I looked at other stuff. I, I looked into, you know, Gallup does research. There's the census. But nothing nothing had any information on this. And so what does that mean? It means that companies have been using their own assumptions and biases to form their ad campaigns. And when you look at who these companies have been hiring, you know, these companies were mostly run by, by men, like Fabi said probably mostly straight white men who were older i mean you can tell that because when music trades i'm pretty sure when they saw our article came out they published their own article where they interviewed the heads of all the major guitar manufacturers in the country and it was (laughs) bobby texted me to look at it and i did and it was amazing it was like a sea of older white men like you know that's who
2: was who was making these decisions based on clearly no research right and and so oh, that said that reported that it was less less than 10% women were were buying guitars. That's what that music trades Oh yeah. Uh, you know, research said, but we then went and interviewed some schools on the East Coast. I forget exactly what schools, Natalie knows more about that, but they were reporting that 50% of their new students are women. You know, yes. girls, n- young girls, and that was new for them. That had been increasing gradually over the years and it's now at a point where it's nearly if not is 50-50, boys and girls studying guitar. That's
0: so heartening, you guys. I'm so excited to hear that. <laughs> that really makes me happy. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you guys about this. I mean, you've done so much research. I'm so impressed. And Fabi, do you think this is going to make a difference when you go to Nam next time? You know, are you going to... Now you've got this research under your belt, you can go and be like, <laughs> what are you people doing?
2: You know, I, I've, I've kind of already been starting conversations like this, and it's still... There's still a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't really get it still re- despite the research. They, they believe that girls and women still want to see really specific identities, really. And I think that what we're doing is like this kind of exposing of the lack of research, the lack of the, the, the shift that needs to be done is is scary. You know, it's a big thing that that the guitar industry needs to change. And, they don't, and the reality is that they don't really know how to do it. And so I think that it is a different conversation and it's a better one, but it's not quite the conversation that I wish I was having still of, you know, of like, let's do this right and let's do this in a way that isn't tokenizing, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think it's still going to take a few years to really be where She Shreds has been wanting to see it go since we started.
0: Well, thank God at least it's taken the first step. So... Uh, I'm very excited to help publicize this article and get the word out. And I wanted to thank both of you for writing this, Natalie, and doing the research and just making this public knowledge, because it's it's so important that people understand this.
2: Totally. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks, you guys, for being on The Future of What?
2: All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care.
0: is Restaurant Blouse by Vivi and Hotel. You're listening to The Future of What. After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. When Kill Rockstars was looking for someone to take over our fulfillment operation, Merch Table stepped up to do the heavy lifting, moving our entire stock to their warehouse and helping us create merch our fans love. With Merch Table's support, we've been able to focus on the music and artists that matter to us, KRS loves MerchTable. See what they can do for your business at MerchTable.com. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Alicia Banyeno of Bully. Alicia, welcome to The Future of What? Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm super excited to have you for many reasons. I know that you just got off tour yesterday, so I'm sure you are ready to totally collapse. (laughs) How long were you guys out for this time? Well, a couple of weeks ago,
5: we did like a week and came back for a few days, and then we just waited another week, and now we're back until the 15th, and then... We leave again on 15th.
0: Oh, wow. So you guys are doing not like months at a time on the road, but you're doing some smaller runs.
5: We're about to do a month and a half on the road. Just the last two were smaller. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is a lot. Yeah. We're very impressed. So today's episode of The Future of What is about this study that was sort of popularized or or written about in the September 2017 issue of She Shreds Magazine about the fact that Fender did a study finding that 50% of guitar buyers in the U.S. in the last five years have been women. Mm -hmm. So we are just talking about that. And I feel like I'm in a weird situation because it's the same thing as when people ask me, like, what's it like to run a label and be a woman? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, probably exactly the same as running a label and being a man. Yeah. But I do think so. It's like I'm not sure how to talk about it without just like making it about gender. But instead, I feel like we have to just say, like, it's really important that there are people out there doing these things that we're doing so that it can be an example to other people. I think that's the important part.
5: Yeah, I agree.
0: Because I think when I was a kid, you know, certainly guitar magazines and most bands that I saw were just all men. And I really felt like that was the culture of guitars, the culture of rock was, you know, dudes.
5: Yeah, I definitely had to make a shift in what I felt like. If I went back and was asked questions about people I was influenced by, I didn't have to change my answers because When it's asked specifically about people, it's always women. But a lot of bands that I felt like I discovered rock music from, there was a lot of dudes in them. And I feel like I consciously now try, if I'm recommending any sort of music to anybody, to just make it as female-centric as
0: possible. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's just
5: kind of like ingrained in your head that like, oh, dudes, dudes play rock music.
0: I know, and it's funny because I feel like it's sort of still that way. I mean, certainly if you saw the Grammys the other night,
5: I didn't even watch. Honestly, <laughs> I like, didn't even watch the Grammys, <laughs> but I heard some pretty stuff about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's well, and it's funny because it's just you know I don't think that it's really like that. I think that's not representative at all.
5: No, no. And, like, I don't really know because I can't really speak for mainstream
0: music because we're very far from it. But, like,
5: indie bands in my head is totally dominated by women. So it's, like, super weird when something like the Grammys happens and it's, like, one person is nominated. I just, it's really frustrating.
0: Yeah, definitely. Very strange. So you guys were featured in a promo campaign for Fender last year. And the She Shreds article talks about the fact that the orange duo sonic guitar that you were playing in the promo piece on you guys Mm -hmm. turned out to be like after that it was like their fastest selling guitar of all that series of guitars which is kind of amazing
5: yeah it's a really great guitar it's a really cool (laughs) color (laughs) totally i really like that guitar yeah, I actually I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> Sorry. Isn't that cool I though? I mean I actually yeah, think that's, that's great.
0: Amazing. And I love that's it. Awesome. I love that because it makes it seem way more like I don't think people were buying that because you're a woman. I think they were buying it because it's a freaking cool guitar. Yeah. You know. Totally. But yeah. It just has that I, I like it because it, it just goes to show it's like it that busts the cultural myth, right? Like the guitar player. Yeah, it's a cool parallel be, for sure. Yeah. Has to be a dude. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And and it's so funny because I mean, I just feel like, you know, I took over Kill Rock Stars like twelve years ago and when I took over the label, over fifty percent of the bands on the label were either all-female or mostly female. Yeah. It's just always been that way with us. It was, like, very just sort of in the, the way we did did things. It wasn't, like, that conscious. hmm But as a result, it's like, yeah, that's the funny part, right? It's like, well, of course women are musicians. <laughs> like, of course women are in bands. Like, that's all I deal with all day long.
5: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: But it's funny, then, when you go out to the rest of the world and you're like, oh, wait, that's not how people... People still don't think of it like that. People still don't think of women as, like rocking on guitar necessarily which is I don't know ever I feel like ever since Marnie Stern everyone should just shut the f- up and that should be it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely <laughs> oh my gosh so on the on the road these days who are you guys playing with a lot like who are you seeing out on the road are you seeing younger bands like are people because I know that's one of the best parts of being in a band is like you know the younger people who are like yeah into you
5: Recently, we've been doing headline tours, so it's the bands that we're seeing are the bands we've taken um, for support. We had InaCo do a run with us, and they're really awesome. They're based out of New York, and then we had, we've had we taken my friend Ellen from Pale Hound. Her band is called Pale Hound. Yep. In the past, we had Big Ups, who were great. We're about to take a band called Milk Belly out of Chicago, uh-huh. who are really awesome. And then this band called Smut out of Ohio, which is really great so that's kind of the bands that have been on my radar just because we're we've been playing with them we're about to be playing with them a lot but yeah i think they've all been doing really well and ellen with Palehound in particular has just been doing really awesome
0: yeah i totally love that band i i think she's really fantastic i got to yeah interview her i think it wasn't last summer i think it was the summer before at pickathon but it was really really a treat to get her perspective on stuff she's a very cool lady
5: Yeah, she's awesome and a a fantastic guitar player, too. She's like one of the best guitar players I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and her band completely rolls. Like, so amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Very, very cool. You had, was it an internship with Steve Albini or did you work at his studio for a while?
5: I interned at electrical audio for a while, maybe about four years, five years ago now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was studying audio engineering and wanting to get more into the analog side of things and learn more about the tape machines and that process. So that studio seemed like a suitable place. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I went there and it was awesome. It was fantastic. And then we recorded our last two records there as well mainly just because I engineer and mix them and I was most comfortable with that studio but also it's just like a really good studio in general they take really nice care of all their things and you can crash there there's a kitchen there it's affordable so
0: oh that's great yeah that's really cool because that's another you know that's we've talked before about you know producers and engineers just there aren't enough women, or if there are women, we don't see them as often, Yeah, which is a little bit depressing because that's a a perfectly, I mean, that's a, that's like a pretty big field and that's like a very good place to go if you're interested in being in the music business and you aren't necessarily going to be a musician yourself. Yeah, definitely.
5: I mean, I, I think you don't see engineers that often in general period, like people just aren't aware of who's really engineering records, unless it's somebody who's like Really made a name for themselves or really big, but even more so, it's less likely that you're gonna see one that's a woman as well. But yeah, I mean, I think, well, I, I don't know if maybe if it's just because of like the people I surround myself with or by, but I do feel like recently a lot of bands have been trying to go that route or, you know, if they're gonna get their record master try and whatever. I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to dig myself into a hole because I'm not going to say they're doing it because they're women because (laughs) then that's just like demeaning. So I don't really know how to put it, but I guess be more cautious and aware of who they're having mix and engineer their records and if they're really having the best person for the job do it.
0: Right. And I feel like people are springing up all over the place doing, you know, I guess what we'd have to just call them non-traditional jobs, even though women have been doing these jobs for years. I met a woman last week who's a mastering engineer and I was. she gave me her card and I was like, we will totally be calling you because yeah, not that there sure. aren't, you know, like we have certain mastering engineers that we love to use, but God, I'd love to give a woman a, a shot, you know, I, why not? Like that's, yeah. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. she's only like the second woman that I've ever met <laughs> who's a mastering engineer. Yeah.
5: I've met quite a few, but again, I think it's just like on my radar, but we had this really, I mean, one of like, she's like a Grammy or she like won a Grammy for her mastering, but she's, so she's like up there, but her name's Emily Laser. She mastered our record. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then Ellen works with this woman. I forget her last name, but her first name is Hiba out of the east coast and she does a really awesome job as well fantastic but yeah I mean even just finding a mastering engineers period is like where do I start I don't know right how do I go about through this
0: so the yellow pages for mastering engineers is not that easy to find yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I guess it's just like everything else in the music business it's like all of these jobs are there and all these people are there if you know where to look for them but a lot of these jobs are really under the radar so we just don't really have a good sense yeah you know in your daily life of you know except you because you're completely tuned into that stuff yeah yeah totally yeah that's how it goes well Alicia from Bully I really appreciate your time and thanks for joining me today on the future of what
5: yeah thank you for having me
0: Castlevania, Stage 3 by The Advantage. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Alexa Marmon of Trade Up Music. Alexa, welcome to The Future of What. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you in the studio. I'm happy to be here. So our episode today that we asked you to come in and talk to us about is about trends in guitar sales, because there was a terrific article in She Shreds magazine, which you may or may not have seen, that cited a study that said that 50% of new guitar sales in the last five years have been female buyers. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to ask somebody whose actual job it is to see these sales firsthand every day. Have you seen a change in the type of customer in the last few years?
4: Yes, I I most definitely have. It's a joy to see so many women come in and be interested in learning about music in general, but then just, you know, being able to sell to them as well. I mean, obviously, it's such a big deal, and it's been great to watch that.
0: That's awesome. And how long have you been working there?
4: Uh, Over five years.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. So, have you actually seen like a trend, or has it been like that for the whole five years?
4: Yeah. No. I think that it's definitely grown. I think things like you know, she shreds magazine and, and outlets like that have made it more of a popular and enticing thing for women, and hopefully helps inspire them to come in and and find their own
0: guitar or yeah. instrument. Yeah. How many women do you guys have working at Trade Up?
4: Not too many. There's me, one other, and then our bookkeeper. So. We've seen a couple, but they just haven't stuck around.
0: Right. (laughs) I just wonder if that makes any difference at all in your experience, you know, if a woman walks into a music store and there's a woman to help her.
4: Yes, I think that's a huge deal. I notice it every day. They tend to flock straight to me and it makes me so happy that I'm there and mm-hmm. able to, to be there to help out. Because I understand when, you know, I was younger growing up and, and learning guitar and going into a music store, it's very intimidating sometimes when you walk in and it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out there, you know. Absolutely. And so And I feel like they're more comfortable. They, you know, open up and then I try and make them feel as comfortable as possible and kind of invite them to ask me whatever questions that they might have because sometimes it can be scary
0: you know. yeah, well, it's very intimidating. I mean, I always say that when I was a kid, because I started playing bass guitar when I was fourteen years old, but I never I didn't get into a band till I was in college because I couldn't find any boys to play with. I couldn't find anyone to play with. Yeah, and all the boys that I knew who were playing in bands had already been playing since they were like twelve. And so they were so much more advanced that I just felt like I was this nerd loser. And at fourteen, that's too hard to overcome. Sure. Once you're in college, you kind of, it's a little, you have a little bit less of, you know, you give a little bit less of an F about it. Right, <laughs> And you're kind exactly. of like, I don't care, I'm going to play in this band whether you think I'm good or not. Yeah, exactly. But definitely not at 14.
4: No. It's a weird place to be in, you know, and to keep wanting to do it and to keep being inspired. And so for us, you know, we didn't have things like, you know, we didn't even, we barely had the internet. Right. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, definitely. So that's, that's huge too. And so just trying to find people to inspire you and keep you going is was, was more of a battle than it is today, I think.
0: Definitely. I mean, I feel like there's so many more women that are visible Mm -hmm. and not just in the traditional way of like, there's a female singer. You know, I feel like when I was growing up, there was, there were a lot of female singers. But when you found a band that had like a female bass player, you were like, ah, you get so excited. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh Or a female drummer. But now and guitar. I mean, to me, guitar was always like, I play bass and drums, but I always thought guitar was too hard. And I think that's just myself. I think I'm just totally lazy. I'm like, nah, that looks it way too difficult. It is all about the effort you give. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. sit in my room for 12 hours going like, you know, G, 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 A, <laughs> like, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Like, I sucked it. That was way too hard. Uh-huh. So, uh, but I, I've always been so impressed with, you know, women who like stick to it. Like anyone who sticks to it, honestly.
4: Hey, to that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yeah.
0: It's an it's an obstacle to overcome. For sure. What kind of questions do you find young women asking you the most when they come in?
4: Well, all kinds of things from, you know, what kind of guitar should I start with, whether it be electric or acoustic or classical. And so you kind of have to break that stuff down and then finding the size For a woman is a big deal Mm -hmm. because obviously we have things going on, and you (laughs) (laughs) things going on. As far as you know, our our, our beautiful chests, and you know, and (laughs) and not you're not going to play an instrument unless you're comfortable, right? You know, and so I feel like that is something I I face every day is helping them find what feels good because if it doesn't feel good, you're not going to do it. And so luckily they have so many wonderful sizes of guitars from parlor to folk size to full dreadnoughts, whatever feels good to you. And so a lot of sitting down with them and feeling out what's good also the whole neck of the guitar how does that feel you know some people have small hands big hands you know and stuff so being comfortable enough to ask what guitar is right for me and actually taking the time to sit down and find that for them is a a big deal I think you know that's a huge thing and then also, uh, any questions, you know, I love the women that come in and are are so interested in recording their own music. And, and, you know, now we're at a time where it's something we can do on our own fairly easily. And so answering questions like that, you know, I'm trying to start writing some music and how do I do this at home? And And so being able to educate them like that is great. And then, you know, we go into the whole pedal world. There's a lot of questions there.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So
4: there's just a lot of questions, but I'd say the biggest one is just, you know, figuring out what's right for them instrument-wise and then going from there.
0: Oh, that's so cool.
4: Mm -hmm. Do you ever have
0: young ladies walk in and say, I saw this guitar, like I saw someone playing this particular guitar and I want to like see what that is like or whatever.
4: That does happen for sure. Being a used music store, mostly, we have some definitely new stuff for sure, but I think that, because we're not a guitar center, you can't really just walk in and be oh, like, right. I saw this one guitar. You have it, right? You know, right, right, right. so maybe I can help you find something close to it or tell you what my thoughts on it are. But, you know, it's not as easy to to walk in and, and do that. You mm-hmm. know, people definitely what I hear more than anything is I heard the sound. How do I get the sound? Oh, wow. And That's so then awesome. turn it on. We listen. I'm like well, it could be this or it could be that, you know? And and you kind of figure out things that way. But as far as the exact instrument, I don't know how often that happens.
0: But that's a really great insight because that means that people are coming to you sort of with an artistic idea immediately. So it's not just about, I mean, I feel like, especially guitar has for years and years, it's like sort of about a, the way it looks, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I always felt like that was that like dude postury thing of like, yeah. Like, I want to wear this, like, really loose long guitar and it's going to, you know, look like an axe or whatever right. it was and, and not really. And I mean, really... I still
4: think that that exists. <laughs> oh, sure, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I love it that women are coming in and saying, I heard the sound. Like, how do I reproduce the sound? Because uh-huh. that's so exciting.
4: Yeah, I love that I don't hear, I saw this style or this, you know, this look of a guitar and I want that look. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very happy I don't hear that very often.
0: <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. So do you feel like girls are coming in a little bit more educated nowadays about guitar? Or do you feel like they're still coming in? Or or, I mean, it's kind of like both is good, right? Like having people just walk in and be like, I think I want to play guitar. I have no idea.
4: Yeah, it's a total mixed bag. You know, some have no idea. And I love that. And then some have an idea. And I love that too. So it's definitely... A huge mix of both.
0: That's so great. Yes. I think that's great because that's mm-hmm. what we want is everybody to just feel free to like do it no matter where you're at.
4: Exactly. You definitely don't need
0: a level of expertise. I always feel like that's one of the things about playing musical instruments that's hard. For some reason I never had that with drums. Like drums didn't scare me at all. Like mm-hmm. I got into a band the second day I played drums. Yeah. I took one drum lesson, and I was like, Nope, not gonna do this unless I'm in a band. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, like just went out and got in a band and I was like, Hi, I'm gonna play drums for you. And they were like okay. That's awesome. Which is amazing. Yeah, It's like, no, I can't play drums, but I will.
4: Yeah, I'll figure it out. I
0: will figure it out. (laughs) Bring it on. Totally. But guitar has always seemed like because it's a melodic instrument and it's, you know, there's a lot of technique to it it's like that to me that's always seemed kind of scary
4: yeah drums are so much you know how you feel you know I'm a drummer as well and I started drumming in a band as soon as I got my dad's old kit and I just did it and I and I think that there's a certain beauty I like to think in my drumming that you know not having gone and taking lessons (laughs) I mean I would like to to take lessons someday but but I think it's really cool that you can just literally sit down and just how how does this feel just go after it yeah it is
0: a very physical Mm -hmm. instrument And then, of course, guitar is more like you have the potential to be true virtuoso eventually, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
4: I mean, personally, yeah, I I love because I started playing guitar when I was 13. And so, you know, I've been doing it since then. But I love when I see a woman walk in, which this happens frequently, more than you'd think, when she's in her 50s and wants to learn how to play guitar. Oh, wow. And it is awesome because I can see where it would be scary to learn a new thing, you know, as we get, even me in my 30s trying to, you know, I want to take Portuguese and I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it's scary. It's intimidating. But anyone who at any point wants to just start something and, and learn it is is awesome. And so I just, I will say I've seen a lot of older women wanting to take it on. And it's it's awesome. It's just great.
0: That is so inspiring. Mm-hmm. I'm so inspired now. I feel so much better
4: yeah. about my whole day. Definitely. You know, <laughs> what I just, a great job you have. It is really cool. And I just recently got a pedal steel. And so I'm learning that and that's a really hard instrument to learn. Wow. And it's just that kind of thing where it's like, It's scary, you know, but it's so much fun. We live in such a beautiful world where we can just play music.
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, on that note, Alexa Marmon, thank you so much for being with us today on The Future of What. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Witchy Poo, Vivian Hotel, The Advantage, and of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by The Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at killrockstars.com/slash the future of what and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts and Anna McLean. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rock Stars. See you next week.